Telecom affects all of our lives every day in so many different ways. What's the future of telecom? That's our topic today on episode number 310 of CXO Talk. I'm Michael Krigsman. I'm an industry analyst and the host of CXO Talk. And man, I am excited today to introduce our guest. But first, right this second, I need you to please subscribe on YouTube. So we're talking right now with Andrew Morawski, who is the president of Vodafone for the Americas and uh, country chairman of Andrew, I've just screwed up your title. So how's that for a great beginning? So tell us about tell us about uh, tell us about your job and tell us about Vodafone. Yeah, look, first, uh, just to kick off, thanks, Michael, so much for for having me. Uh, it's great to be able to to chat with you and uh, you and your audience today. Uh, so look, just a, a real quick bit about Vodafone. Uh, Vodafone is one of the largest communications pro providers in the world. Uh, we've got mobile networks in 25 different countries around the world, fixed networks in 19 different countries, in 19 markets around the world. Uh, we provide uh, IoT, uh, fixed services, global global mobility, uh, basically connecting businesses all around the uh, all around the world. Uh, my role is I'm. Uh, uh, president and country chairman in the Americas, like you, <laughs> like you tried to get out. Uh, and what that means is I run Vodafone's uh, enterprise business in the region. Uh, I did join Vodafone back in 2012, uh, and again, it'll, it'll come into our conversation a bit as we talk about IoT. But I joined, uh, I joined Vodafone originally to run their IoT business in the Americas. Well, I'm I'm very excited, and we're going to talk today about all of these different things. Andrew, let's begin. You're you're a senior exec at a very large telecom company, and that gives you this privileged position to see what kinds of changes are taking place in telecom. And maybe we can start by asking you to to tell us about that. Yeah, look, Michael, it's a really interesting time in telecom between all the technological advances. Uh, socioeconomic changes in the world, uh, and then uh, tag onto that all the regulatory changes in the world. It's it's definitely an interesting time to uh, to be in my role. Uh, a, a couple of trends that that we're seeing. Uh, the first one I'd say is uh, the new the new global landscape, and and I say the new global landscape instead of uh, instead of globalization because I think globalization is kind of come and, and been seen and we're new we're in a new a new era now where it's not all about just hey we've opened up new markets for uh, for our for our company to sell new products or uh, to sell new sell new devices to to new countries that we weren't able to sell to before I think we've passed that I think now we're at a point uh, where we're starting to see kind of that next generation of globalization which is starting to see competitors emerge from those markets. So if you look at, you know, Tata in India, didn't, you know, I didn't want to ever think that there'd be a, a major automotive player globally that was, uh, that was based in, that was based in India, just to give you, just to give you an example. Uh, other than that, um, uh, the other trends we're seeing are uh, new business models are, are being, uh, are being developed uh, simply because the, the speed and pace of change uh, is going, is, is going so fast that uh, you've got to be able to keep up and you've got to be able to adapt uh, adapt your business models to make sure that you can deliver on what you need to deliver for, for your customers. 
Uh, other than that, the uh, the next one probably the intersection of uh, of man and machine, which is the next big big trend we're seeing. Uh, the people don't even realize how many interactions they're having with, with you know as customers of a company. They're actually being uh, they're actually interfacing with with artificial intelligence already. There are new artificial intelligence artificial intelligence innovations and creations happening every day. And that's uh, that's certainly going to make for a make for a change. And I think the last one uh, is around the changing work environment. Uh, you know, people, you know, we're, we've moved to a digital workforce. We've moved to a to an environment where people don't need to be in an office or at a desk to do their jobs and deliver on their uh, on their responsibilities. You know, Andrew, as you're talking, what strikes me that's so fascinating is telecom itself is really it's it's infrastructure right it's that's it's the phone lines if you will and yet the things that you're talking about are massive business social cultural changes and so what's the link then between this telecom infrastructure of switching and and wires and cabling and all of these broad scale business and cultural changes that, that you just mentioned. Yeah, and uh, look, I think, I think you hit on a, a, real, a real key point there. The, the, the link is, whereas historically, we were just considered a, a commodity uh, in, the, in the telecom space, now we're considered an enabler. Um, think about uh, how, how often and what, how big of a part of your life your mobile phone has become. Uh, I, I know for me personally, I can't, uh, I, you know, I, and probably, probably a problem, uh, but I can't be without my phone for more than uh, more than an hour or two. Uh, the the acceptance of technology within society has really brought telecom providers to the to the to the forefront of the of the kind of technological curve. And and so. So you've moved as an industry from being this a, a commodity, an infrastructure commodity, to being this enabler of very dramatic social, economic, business change. What does this mean for the telecom industry? And these, how do these forces affect you and affect the, the decisions and the investments that you have to make? Uh, look, so our our customers push on us uh, constantly. They've got they've got plenty of plenty of different pain points that they that they help us to it that that we help them adapt to. Um, you know, I, I spoke about uh, you know flexible flexible working before. Uh, you know, just to just to give you an example, you know, I, I'm in I'm coming to you now from our uh, our customer experience center in New York City. We've got two two floors on Lexington Avenue and 50th. I'm in here on a Friday. I'm probably one of 15 or 20 people who are who are in the office because of uh, this this adaptation of flexible working and bringing uh, and you know bringing technology to the forefront. So it, it's really it's impactful to to all of us across the board on a daily basis on on how we on how we deliver on how we deliver on what we need to deliver on for for our customers and and not even just not even just from a business perspective, but even from a consumer and people perspective, uh, you know, the gamification of, uh, of technology has, has, uh, has made us uh, more, uh, more entrenched in people's daily lives. And I think that's what makes the biggest difference. So there are these, so these social changes and business changes 
are going to accelerate even more as we go forward with the advent of 5G and the explosion of the Internet of Things, of IoT devices. So maybe we can talk about that. Uh, for people who don't know, what is 5G? Yeah, look to to put it uh, to put it simply. If you if you look at if you look at the technology on a time on a like a timeline, you take one G started us out, which was our mobile phone calling, and then you take two G has then mobile phone calling, and that's added in then uh, your tech your text messaging, right? And then you move to three G. Three G has taken then everything we had before, and then added the internet browser capability and the the you know internet connectivity, which you know again the the, the boom of the iPhone was around that around that same time, and then you step to 4G, which was the next adva advancement, which had us um, everything we had before, but then increased our increased our speeds and made it uh, made it more viable to uh, to stream content and stream and stream data. Uh, the move to 5G is really is really a step change. In, in network technology, but the reality of it is what it's gonna deliver is the ability to connect more devices, have higher bandwidth at lower latencies. And those three things are the key that are gonna bring forward the next generation of innovation in telecom service. And, and why, what, what is the significance of those three things? You said more devices, uh, Say, say again. Uh, more devices, higher bandwidth, and and high and uh, and lower latency. So if you look at from a from a capacity from a capacity perspective, if I take the first one, there are only so many devices that can be connected at one time to a to a cell tower. Let's just say, uh, in five G technology, the number of those devices is going to multiply by by ten or ten or fifty fold even. Uh, so what that means is, you know, kind of. If you think about the the Internet of Things or connecting things to the Internet, the limits that we had before around how many things could be connected are going to go away, or they're going to raise, the limits are going to raise considerably. If you take the the second one, the the higher higher bandwidth or or uh, you know more more capacity, um, you know think of think of how long it takes you to download a, download a video on your on your phone, uh, you know. Picture those times being, you know, cut it, cut to a tenth of what of what they are now. Think of think of the the applications that 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 then opens up for live HD video streaming, especially in 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 your uh, <laughs> in your part of the business. Uh, and then the the last one, which I think is probably the the most interesting one and the most impactful, is the lower latency. So right now, if you you know you have a sensor a sensor here on this side. And connectivity, connectivity, or whatever you're connecting to back on this side, you know, you've got a latency from when the sensor opens and shuts to when you can take an action based on it, right? So that latency, latency with 5G is going to go down to kind of one to two milliseconds uh, potentially. So it opens up the world to doing things like uh, remote surgery or uh, you know anything that that doesn't uh, you know true virtual reality things that that can't can't work or can't happen without a delay. What about the level of reliability? Because if you're doing remote surgery, you don't want, the, you, you can't have that link fail. And that's one of the problems with mobile technology today. Yeah, uh, so uh, look, I think one of the things that 5, 5G also is gonna bring is resilience. 
uh, and you know, with the, so 5G is, it's not, it, 5G isn't just a new network. 5G is, uh, is utilizing, you know, five different, five different technologies to create a new, to, to create a new network, right? So there's going to be different types of technology that are, that are actually broadcasting signals at different, um, at different spectrums. Uh, so that you'll get more of that, more of that resiliency. Because you're right, as you get into those kind of life critical, uh, life critical applications, the margin for error is is zero. You know, with five G, we we hear about the impact on things like autonomous vehicles. As you're building out your network and you're thinking about your business and your your enterprise customers. To what extent are are they thinking about it? Are, the, are your enterprise customers thinking about these future applications today? It's our our customers are 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 knee deep in it, especially our automotive customers. Uh, Vodafone's actually opened a a test track in uh, in Germany where we test autonomous driving technologies. Uh, it is it is in the forefront of, of everyone's mind because that's where the real transformative things are going to happen with five G. Again. If you think about autonomous driving, you got to think of the, the quantity of connections that you need to have. And also, again, back to that latency point, you've got to, you know, there, there's no time for kind of not more than a split second uh, to, to make a decision as a, as a driver would to process information, right, in, a, in an autonomous system. So uh, from, from that perspective, 5G is the, is the, the, the real enabler of autonomous driving. So the latency then, is it correct to say that it's really not just the bandwidth, but the latency maybe even is more important? It, it is, you know, again, for, for different applications, different things are gonna be more important. For small sensors that are that are just sending, you know, kind of, you know, 10 megabits of, uh, of information, uh, you know, late, depending on the application, latency may not matter, it's just a matter of, being able to to receive those in a in a timely manner, maybe even collect them uh, collect them once a day, right? But in other applications uh, where you've got something meaningful that has to be transmitted in real time, uh, like driver information or vehicle information or you know virtual reality information uh, to deliver an experience to somewhere, that's where that latency is gonna is gonna be key. But the the bigger bandwidth is gonna be key if you're watching, uh, let's say you know. Connected drones is another uh, another huge market segment. If you're watching high def video from drones, it's not necessarily about the latency. It's about the it's about the uh, the bandwidth that you've got, right? How how you can how much data you can send. We have an interesting question or an interesting comment from Twitter. Uh, Chris Nicoli is an industry analyst, and he's making the comment that it's really up to the enterprise or to the users to create and take advantage of these new applications that will enable business and social change. So he's, he's saying that that's not your job, that's the job of, of your customers to, to worry about. Yeah, and, and you, you can look at it that way. And there are some customers that do that. And there are some customers that come, that come to us to deliver that. Uh, if you know, if you look at from from a telematics perspective, Vodafone went out, and you'd think Vodafone, oh, you're just the connectivity connecting the car. Uh, we've uh, we bought Cobra Telematics. Uh, what I'm going back maybe six or seven years ago now. That's created Vodafone Automotive, where 
we run and uh, and manage our own, you know, kind of stolen vehicle tracking uh, product for uh, for Porsche globally. Uh, so again, is that something Porsche could have done themselves? Yes, it is. Uh, do customers def- necessarily want to invest in that? Uh, sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. The ones that the ones that do, we're the enabler. The ones that don't, we've moved up the stack on our own, and we provide those those applications through different vertical markets, all different vertical markets. Has this forced uh, forced you and other telecom providers to rethink your role as as you've changed from commodity infrastructure to really being partners on these new applications? Yeah, uh, look, you know that's that's one of the things our our customers now are are looking from for partners. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that telecoms is not commoditized in any way, shape, or form. There's a good portion of my of our business that is uh, that has become commoditized. Uh, but it's those it's those areas where we can add that extra bit of value to help spur uh, innovation, to help drive innovation within uh, within companies that we uh, that we focus on. It must be pretty interesting working again working with enterprise customers because some of these things that, that we've been talking about really are the cutting edge of innovation. Yeah, it, look, it is quite interesting. And, and again, customers are, are pushing on us, uh, pushing, on pretty, pr- pushing on us pretty hard. Uh, they, they want help uh, and they want a partner. You know, from, that, from the, the global economic stuff I was, I was mentioning earlier, um, they're going through their own um, digital transformations. Vodafone has gone through significant digital transformations. Expectations on us as a as a telco are higher than they've ever been before. If you go, just as an example, if you go online to to buy a you know a local broadband connection in the UK, you go online, you log in. Yes, I want to buy this. I want to buy this. Customers are expecting from us the same exact experience that they get when they do their online banking. Right. The, the, the paradigm has, has shifted so much that uh, we need to deliver on, uh, on uh, help customers deliver on an, on an ever escalating uh, expectation of their, of their customers. So there's been a significant digital transformation inside Vodafone as well. Oh, for sure, a- across the world. Uh, look, we've uh, and you know again we we spoke before about uh, about the work environment and uh, and the move to kind of remote working or virtual working. Uh, in going through a digital transformation, the way our workforce has even changed, we've kind of taken out kind of that 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 thin thin layer of uh, of support people who. Uh, who were doing that first level escalations and that stuff is all managed by AI now. If you again, if you look at our our business in the UK, we've got our own chatbot Toby uh, who uh, who answers answers questions and handles probably you know a good seventy percent, seventy to eighty percent of inquiries, I would imagine. Uh, but then we've been able to reinvest uh, reinvest that or or repurpose those folks to step in and do and help us work through. Uh, Kind of the the next generation of services that we need to deliver. So uh, you you wouldn't think of a phone company as someone uh, like a software company who works in an agile environment, uh, but Vodafone uh, very much has been uh, has gone through our own digital transformation and uh, and works in an agile environment all around the world. So let me ask you a question. Maybe you'll answer. Maybe you won't. But <laughs> <laughs> what? So you mentioned your next gen services and innovation. 
Can you give us a glimpse of what that consists of? Uh, look, yeah, so at, at a high level, I'll, I'll, I'll say, um, if you look at where the, the intersection of 5G and, and IoT is, uh, 5G is a, is a true enabler of IoT. And when I say 5G, um, I'm, uh, I'm including uh, narrow, narrowband IoT, which is, again, using a, a, a very, uh, very low part of the uh, LTE spectrum. Uh, but if you, if you look at where those two intersect and what we're going to be able to bring to the market because of that, uh, our focus is going to be around several key vertical market sectors. I already spoke about uh, the automotive sector. Uh, healthcare is a major focus for us. Manufacturing is a major focus for us. Uh, again, I mentioned automotive, but if, if, you, if you look across the board, there are plenty of opportunities for Vodafone to move above and beyond just that commodity, uh, that, that commodity connectivity player. And that's where that's where our focus is going to be as we move uh, as we move forward over the course of the next few years. Uh, narrowband IoT, I mentioned, you know, we're doubling our narrowband IoT network deployments in Europe. I think from uh, from four to eight uh, just in this year alone. So uh, we're we're looking to to build that kind of you know pan European low low bandwidth IoT only network. I want to remind everybody that we're speaking with Andrew Murawski, who is the president and country chairman of the Americas for the huge, huge, huge telecom provider Vodafone. And right now, there is a tweet chat taking place using the hashtag CXOTalk. And you can, it's a rare opportunity, you can ask Andrew questions directly and we'll give you answers. So, Andrew, we do have another comment, another question from Twitter, and Arsalan Khan is asking, uh, has 5G started rolling out yet in other countries, and what are the experiences there so, so far, the early experiences? Yeah, so uh, so uh, official five five G rollouts. Well, I, I, the the first thing to say, I think a lot of um, not not by Vodafone, I'll say uh, the uh, the Olympics in uh, in Korea used uh, used five G uh, considerably, and I think that went uh, went quite well. But from a from a Vodafone perspective, uh, look, I, I think we're the we're one of the leaders in deployment of five G. Uh, but again, the the big the big con the big concerns or the big constraint. For 5G is the availability of that spectrum. I don't know if you if you follow the news or not, but you'll see, you know, Vodafone in Italy. We just won. I think about I think we just spent about 2.4 billion uh, for 5G spectrum in Italy. Uh, we have, however, prior to that, been working with the with the government uh, in Italy to deploy a kind of non non commercial uh, 5G network in Milan to uh, to foster uh, development of applications. Uh, for uh, for 5G and uh, and and IoT, uh, we've also uh, you know we had our first uh, just uh, again about two weeks ago in the news, uh, we had our first uh, hologram call done over 5G in the uh, in the UK, which was uh, which was really interesting. So I think you're going to see our, our commercial rollout plans are set for probably around uh, 2000, uh, 2020. Uh, but again, we got you know two thousand sites we're we're starting to enable now across across Britain for uh, for five G. 
So I guess long answer to your question, kind of it, it happens in fits and spurts as we're testing out, but as we get spectrum, that's when the, that's when the network build will be happening. Okay, and uh, we have yet another question from Twitter. And this one is from Wayne Anderson. Uh, it's a little bit complicated, so <laughs> so I'm going to take this one slowly to try to parse out what he was really asking in his relatively long tweet. So here's what he says. And Wayne Wayne uh, has listened before to the show, and he's he's a very very sharp guy. So let's so here's his question: When you look at the transformation to data as being a fundamental currency. How does data in opera OT operational technology, meaning many sources of data, uh, transform the relationship and the expectation that I'm assuming he means customers have with telecom companies? So basically, the explosion of data, what does that do to your relation with customers? Oh, it's, uh, look, so from a, you know, and I won't go into the, I won't go into the big, the big data conversation, but that is where, where everything's going. So I, I, I think Wayne, uh, how that, how that actually affects us is that we've, we've got customers who have, you know, n never captured these large amounts of data, and I'm I'm not just talking about uh, their customer their customer data. I'm talking about data within their own business to analyze. You know that that shows how things move through their own processes. That it, that shows kind of the the reaction times within a business. I think our customers right now are at such a point that they're inundated with so much data that they're just trying to figure it, figure out how to use it. And that's where, you know, and we've been, we've been a large player in the area of helping them collect that data. Uh, and again, only in the automotive segment have we, um, have we really stepped into using that data from a providing telematics services perspective for, uh, you know, for a lot of the big automotives. But yeah, you're 100% you're right that, you know, data is going to be the next currency. And it, it's all about how people are going to spend it. But again, there are two things I want to be sure I delineate. There are two things. There's customer data, which is extremely valuable from a profitability perspective or a product development perspective, or you know, how are you gonna how are you gonna change your products perspective? And then there's that internal data, which is what's gonna drive cost efficiencies, um, you know, increase profitability, uh, increase speed to mar decrease speed to market. Uh, so those are the those are the two ways that I see it. Can you maybe give us some insight into the composition of this data? To what extent is uh, IoT data versus other types of data? And, and maybe even taking a step back, what are the different categories or types of data that you're referring to? Yeah, so uh, again, if uh, if you look from a, a ma look at a manufacturing plant, time from uh, you know from widget A to get from point uh, from point A to point Z, uh, you know what happens at every step along that process. Um, you know where can milliseconds be squeezed out? Where can timing be squeezed out to to develop your product faster to generate to to build two hundred of them in an hour instead of one hundred of them an hour? That's the that's the internal uh, data I'm talking about. The external data. Uh, again, this is a, a very sensitive sensitive topic right now, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go very deep into it with uh, with GDPR and everything. But uh, if you look at the amount of data that uh, that you know, look at that that Facebook captures. 
you know, it's not just what you're posting. If you got Facebook on your mobile phone, you know, people know where you're going, when you're going different places. Uh, there are insurance companies who are developing, uh, you know, usage-based insurance based on your driving habits. Those are the, that's the customer data that I'm referring to. That's the, that's the monetizable uh, the data that you can mon the that data that you can really monetize that'll make a difference for your business. And would it be a fair statement that from a telecom provider standpoint, your primary concern is ensuring that large amounts of this data can make it from here to there as fast as possible, namely bandwidth and latency. Correct, as fast and as securely and as securely as possible. Right, because that data is uh, is quite valuable, and not just valuable from a from a monetary perspective, but I know my my own personal data is quite valuable to me. I don't necessarily want it flying around there, unsecure. What will the impacts of this data be on businesses? I mean, we know that it's a lot of data, but how is it going to? Yeah, uh, look, I I think it's 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 twofold. The first is you know kind of how do you use that data. To, and this goes back to the kind of the the early discussion we had. How do you use that data to to better or to enrich someone's life, right? So if you take um, data from a, you know let's say a, a pacemaker that historically was was never was never connected, uh, someone would have to go in every uh, you know whatever period of time and get the battery changed. Uh, would need to get data pulled from it. Matter they had to go into uh, go into a physical doctor's office to do that. Um, now, with the ability to capture that data, right, th this is the example of how you can improve someone's life. The person doesn't need to have an unnecessary surgery to, to replace a battery. The person doesn't need to go into a doctor's office uh, to, pull, to pull data from their, uh, from their pacemaker to, to, to get a checkup, all right? They, they now do it with a bedside device. So, uh, you know, that, that's, where the, that's where the positive uh, kind of, well, kind of the benefit of data comes into comes into play. Um, the the data that's you know useful for useful for businesses, uh, and I'll, I'll oversimplify here. But let's say uh, you know you know you got you know shouldn't use a customer name. So a major soft drink provider who's got <laughs> uh, who's got fountain uh, fountain uh, uh, soda machines uh, all around all, all around the country. Uh, those fountain those fountain machines. Historically, someone would have to go around and, and fill them up or, you know, refill or do whatever they need to do, regardless of whether it was empty or needed to be filled or not. Right now that using that, connecting these things, using that data, you're able to you know, build a route specific to, uh, to what needs to, to, you know, what machines need to be maintained or uh, what machines need to be, need to be filled. Uh, so from from that perspective, that's going kind to of using data to create create cost savings. They're two totally opposite things. There's then you know an, another leg of the stool is where uh, you know with these soda machines or with you know elevators or anything, um, capturing the data and doing preventative maintenance, being able to manage to know when, based on all the data that you've collected over the over the course of the you know the past year of your of your you know elevator that's operating at you know 600 Lexington Avenue uh, you know that elevators of this type after this amount of time are most likely going to have this problem and you can fix that problem in advance so again another cost saving measure but there are so many different applications uh, for the use of that data so so we have another question from Twitter we actually have a couple more questions from Twitter uh, 
and the first one relates to what you were just talking about. And she's asking, do all of these applications and these changes that you've been describing now bring you as a telecom provider into competition with third parties like uh, customers and partners? Yeah, uh, look, it's, that's an excellent question. It, it's become quite incestuous is probably the uh, the easiest way to put it. Uh, you know, you, you, you'd see, you know, you saw the, perhaps have seen, uh, you know, Vodafone announced a deal with Panasonic, I think going back about a, a year ago around uh, security cameras or connected cameras. Uh, that doesn't mean it's the only thing we're going to do in connected cameras with any with anyone in the market. We are the global leader uh, in IoT. Every single one of the providers wants to wants to talk to us to work with us. So uh, yeah, look, ve ve very good question. It is a kind of a cooperation uh, <laughs> for uh, for lack of a uh, for lack of a better term. Okay, uh, fair enough. And let me go on to another question. I love taking questions from. Twitter. Uh, so here's another one from Wayne Anderson, and I think it's a really good one. And he's saying, it's, it's another fairly cut, Wayne, you got to simplify your questions, dude. Uh, so he's saying, <laughs> okay, in 3G to 4G, but Wayne's, Wayne's really smart. Okay, in 3G to 4G, things just got faster. So what does 4G to 5G to create and fundamentally change in customer capability. In other words, what are the new capabilities that Vonafone brings to market with 5G that therefore were never possible before? I know we touched on this earlier, but it's- Yeah, it's such... uh, yeah again, it's it, it's going to be, so yes, 4, 4G, 4G was fast, but you know, did it take you, you know, Eight minutes to eight minutes to download a movie. Ten minutes to download a movie. Whatever it was to your to your iPad. That'll happen in thirty seconds, right? And I know it's a, a real basic basic illustration, uh, but it it shows the the impact. If you think about the speed of that data operating, and again, I I, I hate to keep uh, referring to the same things, but look at augmented reality or, or virtual reality, uh, where you're in an entirely immersive experience. Uh, there's a reason why people get nauseous today when they when they use uh, when they use virtual reality. It's because of the delay, because they can't get enough data fast enough from the network to their to their device to make it a truly immersive experience. That immersive experience is going to be the type of thing that that 5G can bring. And, and I'm not just saying from you know kind of a, a, a you know a, a to to be able to. Uh, uh, you know, to be able to be in, you know, in an immersed environment for for games or whatnot. I'm I'm talking about being able to do remote surgery. Uh, you know, in 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 different parts of the world where they don't have access to the same types of healthcare that we have in the uh, in the United States. That's the kind of thing where that low latency, big bandwidth really has a, really has an impact. Or you know, but, you know, for example. You know, I, uh, you know, someone, someone has a, has a bad health event. They call, they call an ambulance. Um, you know, they start working on that patient in that ambulance before they even get to the hospital. We actually had on this show, a guest, uh, a doctor in the UK named uh, Shafi Ahmed, who is, is really one of the pioneers of using virtual reality in surgery. Um, pretty extraordinary. I, sh I should put him in touch with Vodafone, the guys like yeah, for uh, sure. The guys, uh, he's just 
a brilliant person. Well, look, you know, and I can't help but get so passionate about it when you think about the amount of change. And again, the things we're talking about, they're not even scratching the surface about what's about what's possible. Uh, and I, I think a lot of the a lot of the innovation that we're going to see as we as we move forward over the next couple of years, uh, they're going to come. It's going to come from multiple places. It's going to come from that kind of startup Silicon Valley type uh, type environment. But I, I'm also seeing this is why I bring it up because it's quite interesting. Uh, we got a lot of our major uh, multinational enterprise customers who are starting kind of greenfield operations within their businesses to develop new technologies, to develop new innovations, um, not hampered by kind of the old systems and the old processes. We, we really are entering a new age. So, uh, Andrew, as we finish up, do you have any thoughts on the, the intersection, again, of IoT and 5G? Is there, are there things that we haven't spoken about that that we need to cover? Um, uh, look, uh, you know what, uh, again, the uh, 5G is just gonna be an enabler for that next generation of IoT. But you know, I IoT was on kind of at the top of the kind of Geithner, Gartner hype curve and has got to push, push past the, the, the tip uh, I think just over the over the course of the uh, of the past uh, of the past year, um, I think 5G is going to reinvigorate the IoT industry because of the sheer number of applications it's going to it's going to be able to to enable. There were as much as there was, you know, there is and was so much opportunity within IoT. There were so many limitations. You know, again, when you get to video security and video surveillance, this, the speeds just weren't there. When you get to, uh, you know, autonomous uh, autonomous driving, the the latency the latency wasn't there to be able to deliver, you know, kind of a a, a viable a viable proposition. Um, you know, one of one of the last parts of it that that I think it's overlooked a lot when people look at five G. Everyone's looking at the market, but for me as a telco. Um, 5G is going to deliver significant cost efficiencies. 5G is going to clear, um, you know, network congestion issues that I that I deal with. It's going to increase my uh, increase my network capacity in different areas, which again will will spur a whole next round of of innovation. Okay, we we have a couple more questions on Twitter, which is good, and and I, I really want to get to these. We have some some very good ones. Uh, so the first one is Alexander Bockelman, who's a past guest on this show. He's the chief digital officer and a member of the board of directors of Unica Insurance, which is a very large insurance yeah. company in, in Europe, and another amazing person. And Alexander asks, with digital trends, uh, the barriers between, with digital trends, the barriers between industries are dissolving. What industries do telecom providers or what industries will telecom providers partner with in the future outside of music and video providers to shake up markets? So in other words, who will telecom partner with aside from music and video that will shake up the markets? Look, the, 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 one, the one thing I will say is that, every, I'll put it this way, everyone wants to have a conversation with Vodafone. Uh, there, there's uh, a, <laughs> I'm a, I, I'm, listen, I got I don't mean to interrupt, but years and years and years ago, I did work with, um, 
25 years, 30 years ago with, with someone from Microsoft Consulting. And it, Microsoft was really rising, rising. And I remember his comment and he said, it's a great time to be us. <laughs> and that's what I'm getting from you. Uh, it, look, it is it is a great time to be us, but then at the same time, we see the you know we see competitive threats the same as anyone else. You know, you got all the the OTT, the over the top providers uh, that you know they they're partners, but at the same time, you know, look at you know I I, I personally end up use, using WhatsApp half the time, right? Instead of sending text messages or or iMessage on my on my iPhone, uh, so. Uh, you know, th and that's taking away a core part, an old core part of the telecom business. So I, I think the key is that telecom operators like Vodafone have to change in order to remain relevant. The great thing about Vodafone is that we recognized that really early and we started making that change really early. Again, I don't know a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of telcos are out there that, that are running agile agile scrums or uh, you know or, or fully operating in an, in an agile environment to bring uh, to bring new products to market you, when you think of that you think of the likes of a Facebook or or someone like that but uh, you know we've we've taken that digital step really early and that's really helped us help our customers okay it's pretty interesting uh, and then we're, we're really just about out of time but there's another question from Arsalan Khan it's in the, it asks a really good question which is the convergence of tech we're getting these long questions today okay <laughs> the convergence of technologies such as IOT and 5g powered by data and near real-time networks is where the world is heading okay yet most Fortune 500 companies are still not as tech savvy as they need to be. And so the, his question, and I'll add an appendage to it, his question is, uh, is, and you'll like this, is Vodafone Group creating a consulting arm to help? And what do these companies, and I'll add, what do these companies need to do in order to innovate and understand and take advantage of, of these new capabilities? Yeah. So to answer your question, yes, we do. We do have. Uh, we do do consulting work for uh, for customers uh, already. Uh, and I'm sorry. That what was the second part of your question that you added on? Uh, just in general, what should what should uh, people in large companies do to get ready today to take advantage of these new capabilities that absolutely are going to be here? This is not pie in the sky stuff. So 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 look, and it's probably for if we're out of time, it's probably a great one to it's probably a great one to end on. Uh, the biggest concern, and I think one of the things that holds back a lot of enterprises are the concerns around security. If you think about uh, you know, uh, corporate IT, uh, if you think about you have 20,000 mobile connections, uh, you've got you know, a, a, a thousand wide area network connections uh, around the world. Uh, you know, so the, and, and those numbers seem, seem massive when you think about them in isolation, and they are massive when you think about them from an enterprise management perspective. But take a step into IoT and you then deploy 100,000 devices, 100,000 endpoints a month um, out, in, out in the field or out in, in, a, in different area of your business, in a different area of your business. The security concern is massive. So uh, again, our, if, if I can leave it with one piece of advice is, uh, you know, uh, our, and this is what we tell our customers: you need to go into you need to go into it with it with an open mind. You need to go into it expecting that there are there are going to be breaches. But how that the key is to plan. How do you mitigate those breaches when they happen? Because 
again with the with the sheer number of connections and the sheer uh, and the, the the vast differences in how many types of devices uh, are being deployed all around the world you you've got to be you've you've got to be realistic but you've also got to you know know that you have to have a plan to to handle something when it does happen Okay. Well, clearly that is great advice, especially since we hear about these security incidents every single day and it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. <laughs> For sure. Well, we are unfortunately out of time. It's been a very, very, very fast conversation. We've been speaking with Andrew Murawski, who is the president and country chairman of the Americas for the very huge telecom giant Vodafone. Andrew, thank you for taking time, and, and I hope you'll come back and do this again with us another time. I love it. It was my pleasure. Michael, thanks so much for having me. Everybody, you've been watching episode number 310 of CXO Talk. Check out CXOTalk.com. We have a lot of videos there. And please, please, please subscribe on YouTube. That helps us a lot. Do that now. Thanks, everybody, and I hope you have a great day. Bye-bye.